Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, hey, guys! This is uh, Donnie Sturgis, uh, co-host of the uh, Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is Jonathan Moody. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, my my co-host, and also with us as uh, <laughs> as always is our producer Alfred Crane. Greetings, programs. <laughs> and a special guest uh, uh, tonight is uh, Emily Malik, who uh, who does work for Darkstone uh, and BioDuck uh, Makeup uh, FX. Um, she's going to be joining us tonight because our topic. Oh, go ahead and say hello. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> she is on, We brought her on board tonight because our topic conversation is the works of Mark Shepard, um, and she is a huge fan of Mark Shepard, just like I am. Um, so I thought tonight would be uh, a night just to kind of. It's an appreciation for Mark Shepard and the things that he's done. Um, I want to start uh, opening it now with uh, just uh, anybody who's not familiar with Mark Shepard. There are let me let me let me start you with this. Um, there are a lot of character actors out there that you guys you know may or, that people are are may or may not be familiar with, and you know one of those uh, hey it's that guy kind of people. Um, there's even a documentary about the the that guy uh, kind of actor. Mark Shepard is definitely one of those, although he's really starting to become more and more iconic and his name is starting to become more and more known. But he started off as one of those that guy kind of actors where you would see him in so many things and you're like, oh, man, I've seen that guy before. It's that guy. And mm-hmm. Mark Shepard is one of those ones where he has really done an amazing job in his career. He's had a very uh, a highly varied uh, and well-respected career. Um, you, uh, some of those shows that uh, those of you who aren't familiar with the name might rem- remember him from. Uh, basically, he's been on Firefly, Doctor Who, uh, Supernatural, Warehouse 13. Supernatural being the main one that most people might know him from right now because he played Crowley, uh, the King of Hell, the one who replaced Lucifer. Um, and so, you know, this is a guy that uh, he's, he's British and uh, has just basically really made a name for himself since uh, 1992. Uh, when he did a, a little USA show called Silk Stalking, and from that point on, his uh, you know his career just kind of lit up. So, first thing I want to do is I want to go around and uh, just ask everybody uh, what was the first time they saw Mark Shepard. Now, granted, you may have seen Mark Shepard in something like a long, long time ago, just not realize it was him. But what was the first show that you saw where you recognized him and go, "Hey, I know that guy." You may not necessarily know his name, but you're like, oh, that guy, I see him pop up everywhere. What is the first uh, TV show or movie, because he has done a couple movies, where you saw, hey, you may not know his name yet. You may not know he was Mark Shepard, but you're like, oh, I know that guy from somewhere. I've seen him before. Emily, let's start with you, since you're our special guest and you're a big Crowley lover. I'm special? You are special. All right. Um, Well, I don't remember the first time that I saw him and I was like, hey, it's that guy. Uh, But the first time I ever saw him in anything was – uh, his appearance on the X-Files uh, when he played, I think, Cecil Lively. Uh, he was the villain of the episode. Uh, he manipulated fire. And um, 
because I, I was a huge X-Files fan. So uh, it was like season one and it was ages ago. I was like in, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade. I was a baby. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I ever saw him. Um, and then I don't really think that I kind of re- remember seeing him again and being like, oh, it's it's that guy. And so maybe Firefly, um, which I mean is a huge leap. But uh, I, I'm sure I've seen him a ton of times and just haven't put it together. Um, so that's my my experience. Sweet. All right. Um, Alfred, let's go with you next. Um, for me, it's kind of a similar experience to Emily. But um, first time I saw him and recognized him as, as, like, I liked him a lot was when he played Romo Lampkin in Battlestar Galactica. Nice. He uh, played a lawyer who was blind. Um, on the show, he was very interesting, and I don't want to give away any spoilers of some of the things that his quirks. But when sure. Daredevil came out, I was like, "Oh my God, it's the guy from Battlestar Galactica!" Because they look almost similar right. to the sunglasses. But then it was like, "No, it's not the same guy." Right. But um, and then looking back on the list, I I, I read your article on Chud, and then oh, um, I um, was looking at that, and then I looked at IMDb. And um, he was on Soldier of Fortune, Inc., which is a show I watched in the late 90s. And then it was like, as soon as I saw that, then it was like, oh, he was the guy that was at that. So he's kind of reversive for me. Right. Yeah, no, so, that's good. 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 And then he had a good part in Bionic Woman, which I wish would have gone a little yeah. further. So that's me. Yeah, he did. All right, Jonathan, what about you, man? Uh, well, I've got a couple things. Uh, well, first of all, I, I didn't, um, you know, I guess Crowley was the first one I ever really like took, you know, took notice to him or whatever. Uh, uh, when I was starting to watch that show and I was posting it on Facebook, I was watching everybody was like, Oh, you know, cause I was, t- I was gushing about, uh, Castiel and how I liked him. And then they're like, Oh, wait till you get to Crowley. And I was like, okay. And Crowley became my like, second favorite guy, you know, to that, you know, and that thing. Uh, Misha kind of wins, first of all. I know uh, Crowley <laughs> lovers, you like you guys are, uh, you know, uh, it is it is what it is. Uh, but um, I remember seeing him in Firefly's Badger. I really liked him in Firefly. Um, yep. And, you know, also I, I, I was, like, thinking about it. You were talking about how, like, kind of prolific and how, um, great, you know, how much of a great actor he is and how people notice him like that kind of reminds me of uh, the other the guy who plays Lucifer, Mark Pellegrino, and how yeah. he kind of has that similar kind of career where you look at, uh, you see a lot of shows like Dexter or Lost or all these different things and you're like, oh, it's that guy. You know, um, yeah. he's a, you know that guy was even in Big Lebowski. So, But I was just thinking about that. It's interesting how Supernatural kind of finds these actors who, you know, have been in a lot of, you know, huge, um, you know, thing. Absolutely. Um, for me, I will say, I, I know I'd seen him in a bunch of stuff prior to that. I mean, he had, like I said, he has a very long and, and, and varied career. I mean, you know, he pops up, he's been, he's been on, he's been on a lot of shows that I've seen growing up. He was on sliders, which I loved. He was in the, 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 uh, the brief uh, sci-fi series, the invisible man which is another show I love. He's been on Star Trek Voyager. Um, you know, he's, he's been, uh, you know, on all, on all these different shows. 
But for me, I think it was Firefly was the first one where I actually took notice of him. Where, you know, because like you said, he played Badger, which is an amazing, another, another great character for him where he gets to chew some scenery and he gets to really show him his, his chops. Um, and I remember seeing him and going, man, I've seen that guy before. Like, that was the first time where he, like, he suddenly, like, I suddenly took note of him. Um, and that's when I started realizing, like, holy crap, I think I've seen him in this and this and this and this. Um, didn't know what his name was at the time, but then, but then like, from that point on, uh, and on, from from Firefly on, I start like anytime like I was now aware of him, like he was on my radar, uh, which is the great thing about good character actors who are you know who are the typical that guy, is is that what makes them that guy is the fact that there's a the memorable performance of theirs is usually what makes them stick in your mind, and so suddenly they're on your radar, and you're just like you don't mean to, but in the back of your mind you're kind of looking for them, and anything that you that you watch, and when they do keep popping up, it's almost like junk food. It's like for the brain. Um, so, um, oh, what was I going to say next? Um, so let's go into, um, uh, let's talk about a little bit about his career. Like what makes him so, uh, I guess what makes him such a successful character actor? Um, one, uh, you know, I think, uh, well, actually let's, Emily, let's, what do you think makes him such a, a great character actor? What makes him so memorable? What makes him so like something you just love to see every time it pops up in something. Uh, well, I guess for me, I think I've mentioned to you before that I could listen to Mark Shepard read the <laughs> newspaper or yeah. even just the dictionary. Uh, it, his voice is incredibly memorable mm-hmm. and it's perfect for a lot of the characters that he plays because, you know, oftentimes he plays a villain and you know me, I love those mm-hmm. likable villains. Right. They're so, I don't know, you it's not that you love to hate them. You kind of love to love them. Right. Um, and so I think that's his, you know, so his voice, just his presence, um, a lot of the characters that he does, I don't know if the characters are just written that well, that mm-hmm. it's easy for him to be so likable as a villain or if he brings that himself. But either way, um, I definitely think that his ability to make you sometimes root for the bad guy a sure. little bit um, definitely makes him memorable and successful i think a lot of shows um you know with the way we're kind of blurring the lines between black and white good and evil sure. uh these days with a lot of shows they seem to want to you know make sympathetic uh villains i think he's you know they can't find anybody better for that sure i i think i think you're right i think uh i think a lot of what i think a lot of what makes his characters work so well, i think it he brings to it because you in fact we were just watching some videos of Mark Shepard uh, on YouTube earlier today, just like him at conventions and stuff. And he has his own, like he has, he has, he, well, he has the British charm. Um, and he has, you know, he just has this, uh, this charisma about him. And I think he brings a lot of that to the characters. I think anybody else doing those characters probably wouldn't do him as much justice. So I think it's, it, it maybe it might be the writing of the characters, but I think it's more what Mark Shepard brings to it. Um, what do you think, Alfred? I agree. He, uh, he reminds me of like a young Christopher Lee. He's got like a, a screen presence, a voice, a presence, um, and he's just something that. that as soon as as soon as you see him, you just get is like this is this is a pretty cool actor. What's he all about? And then he just makes his characters really cool, right? And it's like wow, whether I mean I'm so far behind a Firefly. I mean not Firefly, Supernatural. That I, I get to start watching a new 
new shows with him that I haven't seen. They're they're new for me, but old for others. But but mm-hmm. I just enjoy the presence he brings. His you had mentioned the article his wry wit and his dry sense of humor. I really like that. Yeah. that I find that really cool. So those are just a few of my favorite things <laughs> about Mark Shepard. <laughs> Absolutely. And care to weigh in there, Jonathan? Uh, you know, I, it's funny that you mentioned it because I was actually going to say his voice, but I was actually thinking I was um, the other day I was watching Monk. I was on TV, and it was an episode that Mark Shepard was on, and it was just like weird. I was like, oh crap! Like right before I'm about to do a show, like a couple of days before, it's on TV. That's got to be kind of kismet, you know. Um, sure. But I watch it, and he played like this grave digger, but he was like, I believe he was like American. Like he didn't have his British voice. Well, and he didn't feel like, but he was still really good. Like he was a different oh, yeah. actor, uh, a different character. And so what I what I enjoyed about that was like, he's not an actor that just does the same thing each time. Like each character he takes is a different. It seems like a different character. Like you can't compare Badger to Crowley. You can't care to no. you know all these other characters. None of them are the same. Um, none of them are written you know, whatever. And I think, I, I'm not sure if that's a choice that he makes necessarily. Like, you know, when he goes out there, he looks for certain shows. I mean, maybe now he can do that. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure at the beginning, you know, that wasn't something you have the, you know, thing. But right. nowadays, I think he can find roles. And I'm really hoping, because I know he's not on Supernatural now, and there's that, dip- I think we're probably going to get into that later, but he might not be sure. back or whatever. He might not be coming back sure. to the show. Makes me wonder if he's trying to find a, a show of his own that uh, sure. he can be the lead on. Well, you you you, pro- you probably uh, hit the nail on the head there. Came close to it. I mean, I, well, the the thing about character actors of his caliber too is they not might not necessarily get their own show, but often what their popularity, their success, what, what makes them, I guess, rich even is their penchant for being able to just pick up any type of juicy, you know, character role, um, no matter what it is, and just driving it home to the point where they're probably mm-hmm. the most memorable aspect of a show or an episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, oh, I lost my thought of trains here. Um, <laughs> but uh, what do you think, uh, okay, as far as, like, uh, even though he has, like you said, you're absolutely correct. He has a, a very wide range of characters that he plays. Um, and you're right. Like, no, no two characters are entirely alike. I mean, from, from the character you play in X-Files to, to Badger. Um, and even, like you were mentioning, he played, uh, he, had, a, he was a, had an American accent um, at one point. But he also did an American accent on Doctor Who, which was interesting for him, considering it's a British show. But um, mm-hmm. he's able to do all these different things. But despite all that, most of the time he plays villains. So what do you think is his draw for like, what, what do you, what do you think makes him, uh, you know, makes the villain role like particularly uh, juicy for him or the one that he seems to gravitate towards most, Emily? Well, I mean, I guess I kind of jumped ahead and went into that a little bit. In my no last problem. Answer, no problem. But, um, other than, you know, just thinking that he is really good at it, um, you know, making himself a, a charismatic villain that you kind of want to root for. Sure. Um, I don't know if maybe 
maybe when, you know, casting directors are writing villains, if sometimes they might have him in mind um, just because of the, you know, the shows that he has done where he's the villain and they like what they've seen. So I don't know how much of it's his choice and how much of it's their choice. He might just be getting offered a lot of villain roles. I mean, I know he has played good guys, obviously, like Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. He was um, not a villain. And I'm sure there's other stuff that he's done that I haven't seen where he's not a villain. Um, So, I mean, he probably does a lot of non-villain stuff that I'm just not familiar with. I know him mostly as a villain, which is Mm -hmm. fine with me. Um, But so, yeah, I guess my assumption would be that, you know, other than just him being really good at it, perhaps uh, that he gets offered a lot of villain roles just because of how good he is at them. Sure. What do you think, Alfred? I think it's because his presence is he's not an in-your-face villain. The villainy is just a few shades below where he's at. And when he comes on stage, you're not like, is this guy bad or is he good? Or Right. He's He's really cool. And he kind of sucks you in and then it's like, bam, he's bad. (laughs) No, it's true. He's very subtle. way to put it. Subtle is probably the best word. That's what, why I think he does it well, because it's almost like, do we want to trust this guy or not? He seems right. like it. <laughs> yeah, he, so. he, plays, he doesn't play over the top like like I, I'm the, the, the biggest, like uh, most flamboyant character in the room. He It's more of a grounded, more um, uh, more low-grade, like there's a little there's menace there. Like he has this ability to just kind of, like he he takes he takes all the energy that he has and he really just kind of um, nurses it instead of just letting it all uh-huh. out one foul swoop he, he lets that energy just kind of he just plays on that energy and lets it just continue. Um, what do you what do you think, uh, Jonathan? I you know I, I agree with everybody. I I don't know maybe you know there's there's a lot to it I think with him you know um, and I Certainly. think a lot of people choose to give him villain roles. Um, because he's really good at it, I guess. I mean, I don't really know what what would what would drive people to uh to for casting of anything. I think it, I think it's literally. I mean, it is a tight casting a little bit, but I think it's you know if you're going to give somebody, uh, there's a reason people get tight cast, you know, because um, they are just really really good at that particular right. thing. However, I mean, if he did play a good guy like he has in the past you know he can continue to do that it's just I hate to say it I think it's a little bit of his like facial expressions and stuff maybe too sure he just yeah. kind of um I was watching a movie that didn't have him in it that had a um uh a friend of mine in it that acts in movies and he my, uh, you know my brother saw it and was like that guy looks like a bad guy I'm gonna think he's a bad guy you know just by the look and I think if they saw sure. Mark Shepard they'd say the same thing. It's like, he looks like a bad guy. This guy, I don't trust this guy. Sure. I don't know why. And it's, that sounds mean, but that's just like, you know, kind of the look he gives. So it's really hard to, to, you know, sure. like to, even when Crowley is nice or, you know, to everybody and he is sometimes, he still looks evil, you know, he can't okay. help it. So I don't know. No, you're right, and I, I, I think I think we're all kind of right on that one. I mean, it's, it's I think it's a combination of things. I mean, especially when you're a character actor like that, because I mean, you, you if you listen to like um, 
interviews uh, with most character actors, a lot of them gravitate towards villain roles because they're the most fun to play. Um, because you're allowed to leave your inhibitions at the door, you're allowed to go big or, or, or go really small and menacing. And I think Mark Shepard is a really is kind of on that same level based on the things that I've, I've read and stuff and stuff that I've seen with him at conventions and stuff. I think that's really what the, one of the aspects of it. But then at the same time, you know, I think you all kind of nailed it on the head there too is when you start, it's kind of a little bit of a typecasting thing where the, you get a, to a point where you start playing certain kinds of roles and then people start going, like in the writer's room, say some show like, let's say Burn Notice or something, people are like writing going, we need somebody kind of like a Mark Shepard kind of villain. Like that's the kind of thing that actually happens in writer's rooms. When you become that famous or that prominent in a certain type of role, you actually become like you actually become a noun for that type of role. Like it's like it's like, hey, we need a Mark Shepard. Hey, we need you know, and so that's and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing in that, you know, if you embrace that sort of thing, you're gonna it's your bread and butter and you're gonna do very well. But if it's something where you're trying to diversify, it's really tough to break out of stuff like that. So um I also wanted to touch really briefly on the fact that uh and something that uh we were watching earlier tonight too, um, is that um Mark Shepard's dad um, is also an actor. Um, I had his name here for a second. I can't remember what it is. Emily, you remember what his name was? I don't. Morgan. Morgan. Right. Morgan Shepard. Exactly, Morgan Shepard. And um, it's really interesting in the fact that, you know, it's one of the few people that uh, out there that um, as a father and son, you know, uh, father and son actors that they have, a, they don't do it all the time, but they're like at least three or four times in their career, they've done the thing where he plays the young version and his dad plays the older version. Um, it's happened on a number of different shows. One of the most, uh, one of the most prominent ones that I remember is Doctor Who, um, but he's done it in a few other pro, uh, pro, uh, projects as well. I know he did a project where uh, I think he produced it. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, um, but he did a, uh, a project with his dad, where uh, he played the the, uh, the young version of his dad's character, um, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic that he has with his dad where they can do that sort of thing. In fact, we were watching. Um, he made the joke because somebody asked him how come they keep doing it and why they don't just uh, you know use prosthetics or whatever. How come you know how it keeps happening? And Mark Shepard basically said jokingly, he's like laziness. <laughs> He's like, he's like, they'll ask him, say, hey, it's time for you to put on prosthetics. He goes, why don't you just ask my dad? <laughs> so I think it's interesting that, um, you know, that that's something that they can kind of do, at least for now, you know, while his dad's still alive and stuff. But um, so um, I kind of want to dip into uh, a couple of his roles. Actually, I kind of want to dip into Supernatural mainly because I want to talk more about Crowley um, at this point. Um, so was it like season you know this season 3 season 4 Emily when did he when did he pop up you know this more than i do it was season 5 season 5 he was it season 5 i thought it was earlier than that no. oh crap so season 5 mark shepherd pops in his crowley and basically he's like grabs the you know grabs the show by the by the by the ear handles and and doesn't let go like it just just everybody just freaking loves crowley at this point so and of course you know Crowley's been through a lot of different iterations and stuff throughout the show. Um, what would you say, Emily, is your favorite Crowley? My favorite Crowley. What season do you think? Because he, he's gone through some ups and downs on the show. Well, I think I've had two favorite Crowleys. I think when Crowley was first introduced, right. his introduction was so strong. 
because um, he was trying to uh, – he wanted to give the uh, Winchester brothers the cult so that they could kill Lucifer for right. him so that he could take over hell. Um, and the opening scene where they finally meet Crowley after, you know, hearing him talked about, um, and he gives them – first, he kills his own men with the cult in front of them. You know, so you're thinking, oh, well, that's – he's a good guy maybe. Like, that's kind of good. And then, you know, as soon as he hands the colt to, I think it was Sam. I think it was Sam. Uh, Sam obviously points it at him and tries to shoot him. Sure. Because they know he's obviously a demon. Um, and just the deadpan reaction that Crowley has because he hadn't given them bullets yet. Right. And they just assumed that he'd handed them a loaded gun that could kill him. Um, and just his deadpan, like, oh, right, bullets. And he just hands them bullets after Sam just tried to shoot him. Right. I'm just like, this, this Ballsy. he's amazing. Yeah. And so from right then, from the start, I loved him. Um, and so I think my second favorite Crowley um, was when he was working with Castiel. Oh, and I, Alfred Earmuffs, if you uh, don't want spoilers, <laughs> um, you right. you're a little behind. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, when he was working go, with ahead, go, go ahead, I'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I totally, I totally forgot you just said you weren't caught up. Yeah. That's fine. No, our audience is. I'm cool. All right. Uh, so when he's working with Castiel to uh, try to get enough souls to open purgatory, right. um, I the reason I loved that Crowley was because it was just the interaction with Cass and Crowley. They're such a great pair to play off of each other. Like a comedy duo. Yeah, and like Crowley, he wanted to be like so evil and just bad but like he had to tone it down um you know because he hated the winchesters at that point he wanted to kill them but castiel wouldn't let him and so that was just i loved that interaction between the two of them so that's why i really like that iteration of them all right um, so have you gotten to crowley at all yet uh alfred I am um ten minute I am twenty one minutes into the episode season five episode ten his first appearance. So <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to spring it on you. Well, well let no, me put it No, it's cool you're, though. You're you're in for a wild ride because uh his is probably one of the most savory uh performances on the show. And I think um I think Emily's right. I th- I think I think early Crowley is the best Crowley. Um, mainly because at that point he's so enigmatic and he's so mysterious and he's always a step or two ahead of, of, of the brothers, which is always a hard thing to do on the show that's about the brothers is usually they're usually on top of things, but this is a guy who's, and he's got charisma, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a single malt scotch man, you know, he's, you know, he's got the, he's got panache, like he's, you know, he's just, he's so regal. And so, and he's always got this, he's always like a step or two ahead of the, of, of the Winchesters. And I think you lose a lot of that as you progress on the show to where, you know, because the more we learn about them, the less mystique there is. And so it kind of, it kind of waters down the character a bit. And by the time we got to the finale, you know, it was just kind of a, I still love Crowley as much, but he wasn't the same Crowley at all. He was very much a watered down version of the Crowley that we originally got. Um, What's your favorite? uh, I'm sorry. We have to skip you on this one, Alfred. I'm so sorry, but you're going to love it. I promise. Um, Hey, real quick, favorite? before we get to Jonathan, I wanted to say that for our live audience in three minutes, we're sure. going to probably cut off. But please join us for the final 15 by logging on to Blog Talk Radio, hitting uh, Hollywood Boulevard Podcast, and catch the final 15 with us. Thank you. Yep. 
Thank you. All right. So, what's your favorite? What's your favorite version of Crowley? Like your favorite season of Crowley, uh, Jonathan? Well, first of all, I, I want to say thank you, uh, Alfred, because uh, this is why you're the producer because you're doing all that stuff for us. Because uh, we'll forget. Um, <laughs> I'm not pay attention. You're welcome. Um, so the uh, the thing I don't know. So I think the beginning Crowley. Um, I think more toward later in the seasons, I I feel like they had so many characters that they just kept introducing and kept doing stuff with that they kind of, you know, kind of throw him, you know, they'll, they'll throw him bones, you know, or whatever, but like they really didn't do a lot with them. Um, and even toward the end of him, not, you know, apparently, you know, not being around anymore. And I guess deciding he didn't want to be, you know, a part of supernatural anymore. I don't know what the, what the deal is necessarily. But um, I know, like, I, I think the first few seasons, like, that he was in a part of, like, season five, six, and, and you know, seven, oh, seven was, I've never liked seven anyway. So, but I think he had a big part in seven, too, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. I I really, um, I really enjoyed him in those. And then later when it started getting a little bit more about, like, the, the angels coming down and, like, less about the demon stuff. I feel like they kind of just, you know, kept him around. But I think one of my favorite bits is like, I don't know, a lot of my stuff, a lot of stuff I love is with him and Dean. Because, like, right. they share a well, kinship, totally. you know, between themselves. So, any, like, pretty mm-hmm. much any scene where, like, Crowley has that, like, I don't know, fatherly feel to, right. to Dean. And also, um, God, all right. Once again, Alfred earmuffs because you're about to hear something that very spoiler like. <laughs> but uh, I really, really, really dig the son, Crowley's son. Uh, the stuff with him just it gives it gives his character more um, dimensions and his and his mother, you know, all that stuff. I originally did not like the mother at all. Um, she's annoying yeah. to me. Um, She's annoying. Kind of grew well. on me. She kind of grew on me. Actually, when you right. know she came back, I was like, "Oh, good! I actually like her now." It's kind of like, you know, like you're not you're not liking somebody, and then they're gone, and you're like, "Oh, I kind of miss them." And then you know that was that was the kind of thing. So I was I actually like her. So you know, I hope okay. more. I hope we see see her more. Um, sure. But you know, now that he's gone, I don't know what I don't what the shows the show. Down, it's, it's ready to go. <laughs> well, and I actually watched the YouTube vid this morning or earlier uh, today, where um, Mark Shepard was talking at a convention, and somebody asked him about his his departure from Supernatural. And I don't think it was a good departure. Um, there, there, the the details are a little hazy because nobody will really come right out and talk about it. But Mark Shepard basically said it was his decision, but it was based on uh, disagreements that he had with the showrunners. Um, and basically it was because of the way they handled Crowley towards the end there, which I agree with because they, their writing of Crowley got really, really awful towards the end. And he admitted, like he said, the problem was is they couldn't figure out what to do with it. Um, and it's kind of like you were saying, um, Jonathan, about how like, you know, as they were going on, it got all about like angels and stuff. And suddenly it's like all these other characters are coming up and they it just like, they didn't really seem to know what to do with Crowley. Like they, they knew that he was popular. And this is the problem with the writing on Supernatural. Cause same thing happens with Cass. They know a character is really, really popular, so they want to feature them as much as possible, but they don't know how to write them properly to make to maintain that momentum of what makes them great. 
and in, in Crowley's case, it was the same thing. They, um, the the writers were just running out of ideas for Crowley. Like they even had a re, a really good uh, possible idea where they were going to have him basically kind of explore his humanity when uh, when Sam uh, tries to uh, basically save his soul. You know, and he starts in, and he starts injecting like human blood into him and stuff to kind of feel again. They abandoned that uh, that character arc like almost as, as soon as they started it, and so we never really got a chance to see Crowley kind of go outside of his comfort zone or Mark Shepard be able to do more stuff like that. Um, and so it eventually just became a thing where he decided he wanted to go because they, he didn't, they, there wasn't anything left to do. In fact, he even said what really ticked him off is that he wrote his own, uh, he wrote his own dialogue for how um, he was going to go out. And basically it was going to be, he was going to tell the boys and, and, and Lucifer, he was like, he's like, even when I lose, I win. And they cut that line from the show. And so he kind of, yeah, he's not really happy with them right now. So he's, you know, he's kind of just, he's kind of done with the show and everything. Um, but um, so that's kind of how that is right now, unfortunately. Um, but we've got, we've got a little bit of time left, but not much. I want to, I want to get this, I want to I throw this out. I want to get Alfred back in the pool. Um, I want to get Emily back in the pool. Um, so let's go round Robin. Uh, who, what who is your favorite uh, character that he's done from anything on TV, any you know, or anything? Who's your favorite uh, character that he's portrayed in his career? Emily, go. Crowley. <laughs> Sorry. Elaborate. It, you, Why? Oh, just you know, he's obviously. I mean, it helps that it was on Supernatural because, sure. duh. Yeah. Um, that's like my show. Uh, but yeah, just everything like finding out, you know. Um, I know you mentioned that you didn't like that we found out more about Crowley as it went on. And right. I get that. I like the mysterious villain as well, but um, some of the stuff that we find out about Crowley, I really loved true. like just, true. you know, why he sold his soul is hilarious. Yeah. True. Um, so, I mean, I loved, you know, that we found, and he was not ashamed about it. Right. Like he would joke. Like he, I remember there's an episode where when the boys find out why he sold his soul and he jokes to them, you know, that he, it, I can't remember the exact line, but it's hilarious. Right. Um, and just, you know, obviously he's gorgeous and British and, <laughs> like, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, love me some Crowley. Well, okay, since since Crowley was the obvious answer, give me your second, just just a, just some, just some for something different. All right. Uh, I guess second would uh, be Badger Okay. Firefly. Right. Hey, he was kind of goofy looking back then. Um, he's like a fine wine. He gets better with age. Uh, but... I liked him because he was just, I mean, that was a little bit more over the top villain sure. than Crowley. If I remember correctly, it's been right. years. Um, but he was just, he was a more fun kind of whimsical right. uh, kind of villain. And I just love, I love a Mark Shepard villain. And he had the Cockney accent going on. Too. Oh yeah. Cockney. You can't go wrong with Cockney. All right. Alfred, let's bring you back in the loop here. Uh, obviously you haven't seen really met Crowley yet. So you might change, you might find that Crowley might be your favorite as well, but um, favorite Mark Shepard character from anything that he's done. I really liked him in Battlestar Galactica, his character in there. That was the first role I really saw him in and looked forward to seeing him in. I think he was in, like, several episodes, but he was a very interesting character for a very interesting show, and he added to it, and um, and that's my pick. And it probably will be superseded by Supernatural, I'm guessing, if the trends show correctly. Sure, sure. Um, okay, Jonathan, who's your favorite uh, Mark Shepard character? Uh, like, when you're always last, you're kind of like, oh, man, I'm copying people. 
or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I I have to I have to say I agree with Emily. Um, my favorite is Crowley so far. Um, I still there's still a lot of stuff. I was looking at his IMDb. There's still a lot of stuff I need to see. I don't, never watched Warehouse 13, so I can't say anything about that. Sure. Um, I I don't I haven't I never got into Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know, and or um, I did like him in Dollhouse. I thought he was really good in that. Sure. But I, yeah, absolutely. But sadly, it's one of those it's one of those shows that like I kind of until like it's thought of or whatever, like like until yeah. I see like something about it or whatever, I'm not thinking about Dollhouse because honestly, it's one of you know Joss Whedon's kind of like you know yeah. shows that just didn't just didn't stick, and uh, kind of wish there was more you know just like Firefly, I wish there was more stuff for it, but um, unfortunately didn't work out, you know. So right. uh, I guess that's I guess uh, Crowley for number one and uh, Badger and Firefly for number two. All right, so yeah, you and Emily are on the same page in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I as I'm, I'm going through his list and I, I've seen a lot of his stuff. Like I I've watched so many shows, not you know, especially early on, not realizing, you know, like I said, I I didn't I've seen I've seen the Sliders, I saw the episode that he was in the Sliders, I've seen Star Trek Voyager. Um, I've watched, um, I never actually got into the X-Files. My dad really didn't let us watch that. So I missed his, uh, his character in that one, unfortunately. Um, but Firefly, um, I've seen Bionic Woman. I've seen, uh, I've seen him in Burn Notice. I loved Burn Notice. I saw his episode where he did that. Seen Dollhouse. Uh, I've seen Chuck, um, Doctor Who, and, uh, um, Warehouse 13. Which Warehouse 13 was one of my favorite sci-fi shows for the longest time. Um, I loved him in Warehouse 13. Uh, he played a good guy. He was he worked for the council that they answered to and everything. He was a de- like I loved the way he portrayed them. Uh, that would almost be my first. But yeah, I, I gotta say Crowley's got a Crowley's Crowley is the pinnacle. Crowley is like that is his crowning achievement. Crowley is it's almost like everything that he's been doing, everything he's worked toward has been to Crowley. Um, and so I am in complete agreement. Crowley is probably the number one, and it's. It's really hard because he does have such a great career. Um, Badger, I think, would probably be my second uh, as well, although Warehouse 13, it's really close. Um, but, again, I think it's it's a lot about, like, what he – I think what makes the character shine so much is not necessarily – because you can give that character anybody and they would play it differently. Um, the writing of the character is probably decent, but Mark Shepard made the character his. He brought everything that you see to Crowley into that role. Like I said, the sense of humor – the charisma, the mystery, the mystique, um, you know, this, this is amazing. Uh, and again, you know, in the early seasons, especially just, you know, having him pop up here and there. And one of my favorites, and I think Emily can agree with me on this one is one of my favorite scenes. Um, I think you used to have a, a ringtone of this as well. One of my favorite scenes of his is when he makes the deal with Bobby on supernatural, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, to restore Bobby's legs, which sorry, Alfred. Um, right. <laughs> But uh, but there's a scene where they're talking about the deal. Crowley shows up at Bobby's house, and the boys are confronting him about it. And you find out that uh, Crowley took a picture because uh, because he since since Crowley is a, is a crossroads demon, uh, at, at, you know, as origins. He's originally a crossroads demon who took over hell. He made a crossroads deal with Bobby, and of course, a crossroads demon. If you make a deal with a crossroads demon, is how you have to seal it with a kiss. And he took a picture of him and Bobby kissing. And Bobby is so pissed at this, and he goes, "He goes, why did you take a picture?" And Crowley's um, like, without even skipping a beat, his immediate reaction is, "Why did you use tongue?" 
<laughs> one of my favorite scenes ever, and freaking Shepard owned it. Like, he, that man has great comedic timing. Uh, everything about him, he's a, he's a good dresser. He's got, you know, for a man who's, who's thinning on top, the man is a good-looking man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, I think I'm, I have to agree with everybody else um, on that one. So, let's see. We've got uh, just a couple more minutes left. Um, Emily, final thoughts on Mark Shepard. I think he's awesome. Uh, I love the fact that he married a fan. Um, oh, yeah, he married a fan. That he met at a I mean, it's not necessarily good for all the other crazy fangirls out there like me because now we're going to be going to conventions thinking we're going to catch a husband. But <laughs> um, if it lasts and it's good, I think it's an adorable uh, little, little anecdote. Yeah, that he you know met his wife and mother of his child at a, at a, at a convention. I think it's adorable. Uh, Alfred, final thoughts. I'm uh this show. I'm looking forward to catching up on Supernatural and looking at some of the, rewatching Fireflies is a brilliant show. And I, now I recall him as Badger. So I'm looking forward yeah. to rewatching some of his checking out some of his other works. Jonathan, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I agree with everybody. Um, except uh, I'm not going to be trying to marry Mark Shepard. Or anybody like that uh, at conventions. But <laughs> I will say that I am a, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of his, as, you know, as a character actor. I, I want to see more stuff of him. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that things don't seem to be working out for Supernatural. But then again, once again, I think this show has jumped the shark way too many times. And sure, I think sure. it's, it's pretty much heading toward toward its its demise. So I just want Eric Kripke to, to get 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 away from doing the, the the one he's doing now and make another show just like Supernatural that will <laughs> yeah. that will win my heart because the one he's doing now I have no interest in the time time after time or crap yeah no timeless interest in. timeless it's, it's not a bad show Emily and I have watched it and we've we've enjoyed it. it 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 was rough coming out of the gate but it's actually kind of turned into a pretty decent show uh, I won't push it on anybody but if you want to check it out it's actually not bad. Once it gets going, it's, it takes about five, six episodes to get into it, but it's pretty good. Um, Which one's that? What's that? What show is that? It's called Timeless. It's on NBC. They already did one season, and then it got canceled, oh. um, but then it got uncanceled. Yeah. Um, it starts back up, I think, in March, but it's basically about a group that has to go back in time and fix things that are – because there's a, there's, a, there's a terrorist who's going back in time and basically changing history, and they've got and the good guys have to go back in time and change history back. Isn't that the same exact premise as the DC's Legend of Tomorrow? Kind of. I mean, they go they go about it differently. Yeah, they def- it's definitely two very different, even though it's similar concepts, they right. very different shows. Okay. Yeah. And I think season yeah. one okay. of Timeless, if anybody's interested, it's on Hulu, right? Yeah, the season one of Timeless is on Hulu, if anyone wants to check it out. Yeah, it's it's similar concept, but then again, that's a that's a concept that's been recycled over and over again, going as far back as like the t- the old '70s show Voyagers, Quantum Leap. You know, it's a, it's a it's an old uh, it's an old you know go to for for a sci fi show. Um, but like Emily said, they, they they take it in a completely different manner. Like it's 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 more grounded. You know, it's more kind of like a, a sci fi thriller kind of thing with a little action adventure in it. It's definitely not as uh, superhero-y and like uh, flamboyant as like Legends of Tomorrow is. So, but it's it's not a bad show. Like I said. First few episodes are a little weak, but once you get like into the fifth, sixth episode, it really kicks on the high gear and becomes something really awesome. Cause there's like a secret organization involved and all this other shit. It's really good. 
So okay, well, but uh, we've got ninety I think seconds left. Done. Yep, we've got ninety seconds okay. left. So I want to do Jonathan's round robin and start with Emily about how we can get in touch with her and thank her for being on the show. Oh, sure. Uh, I am on Facebook, uh, Emily Malik. There are only two Emily Malik's on Facebook in the world. I'm the one that's not from England. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Well, we literally have a minute left, so I, most of the people can hear, you know, our other ones on our other show. So listen to my, our other podcast. You can kind of hear our uh, round robin of that. But let's let's once again thank Emily so much. For coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Emily, for coming on the show. Anytime, guys. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for me. <laughs> we'll definitely have you back. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, guys, all for listening, and I hope you all enjoy it. And Mark Shepard, if you're listening, you rock. Yeah, man. Good night, everybody. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Okay. Bye.